Hello, before we get started, I just want to say that in this episode, I say that I have not had a listener from Canada, and at the time of recording, that was true, but since then, I have had listeners from Canada and other countries, so it's super exciting that anyone listens to this, let alone people from different countries. I just wanted to put this at the beginning, so that way, if you are listening from Canada, just know that I know you listen, and I greatly appreciate it. That was all I wanted to say, and I really hope you enjoy the episode. Hey everybody, I'm Alec, and this is Scandal 101. Hello, how are you doing? I am excited to jump into this part. I hope you had a really good weekend. Um, I really don't have a lot to talk about before we jump in. I'm just a little horrified, but very excited to jump into this part because like I said on the last episode, there are a lot of things in this episode that in my opinion are worse than what was in the first episode. I was sad that I couldn't fit it all into one part, but I am glad that you are able to get all of the information that I could find, and I tried to put as much detail as I could find into these episodes because, like I said at the end of the last episode, these scandals are important and they deserve to be told. And once again, I will put out a disclaimer that I am not saying these scandals represent DKE, Delta Kappa Epsilon as an international organization, or each individual chapter. What I am saying is that these scandals did happen. They did happen with chapters or colonies of Delta Kappa Epsilon, and I am just reporting the facts as they are out there. People can have their opinions. I will certainly interject mine throughout, but once again, I am not saying that these scandals inherently represent what DKE is as an organization or what they stand for. I just think that these are important to be told. And before we can start this part two, I do want to do a quick refresher on what was in part one. If you haven't had the chance to listen, please go back and listen. There are some just kind of shocking stories in there but I am going to do a brief overview so you can be refreshed as to what was in part one. In part one, we looked at a brief history of Delta Kappa Epsilon, which I will be calling DEEK because that is what I found in my sources as it is abbreviated and that's how it is pronounced. It was founded at Yale in 1844 and it is one of the oldest fraternities in the United States. We also talked about how there is a tradition of prestige in DEEK and what I mean by that is this fraternity boasts that it has had five U.S. presidents in its history, three vice presidents, and two of them were eventually U.S. presidents, but they still had three vice presidents, and they've also had many politicians and business leaders. The reason why I brought up the prestige and the history of the fraternity is in a couple of the cases, there were some influential university donors and influential alumni that allowed chapters to come back after there was a pretty bad scandal. And it brings into question how this prestige plays into it. I'm not saying that any of these individual people made this happen, but it does beg the question, if there wasn't as many prestigious people as there are, would these chapters still be in place? 
for the chapters that did have these scandals. We started looking at scandals that dated back to 1892, and in that particular case, a pledge ran into a carriage pole and ended up dying from a ruptured intestine, and the reason why he ran into that was because he was blindfolded and told to run down toward a popular cafe. And we looked at scandals that went up into 1989, and at this one, a Virginia Tech pledge was off campus at another campus's party and was involved in a racy incident where he asked a black woman to get a kiss and have someone take a photo of it because he was told to do something that was essentially, I think it was uncommon for him to do or would be abnormal for him to do. So basically, he was saying it would be abnormal for him to kiss a black woman and they wanted to get a picture of it. And they were told to do this at the direction of the fraternity. Again, the fraternity didn't tell him to get a picture of this incident. They just said to get a picture of him doing something unusual. And that is what he interpreted that instruction to be. And we are finally caught up. And this is where the scandals will start for part two. And for the first one, we are going to look at Loyola University in New Orleans, which happened in 1997. I don't know what's going on in New Orleans, but this is the second scandal from Deke we've seen happen out of New Orleans. The first one was from Tulane University, and now this one's from Loyola. So just get it together down there. Just let's let's figure some stuff out. Alrighty, but like I said, this one took place in 1997, and what happened is students were invited to celebrate the birthday of Martin Luther King Jr. with, quote, fried chicken from Popeye's, watermelon, and a 40, end quote. And this is from Fawcett and Robertson in an article they wrote in 2019 from the New York Times. Unfortunately, like the other case, I really couldn't find if there was any punishment to this activity. Um, I did see in that same article that a group of about 10 students went to go protest the party, but I couldn't find anything on if there was punishment handed out by Deke as the organization or by the university at all. Also featured a lovely voice crack. Thank you very much. But yeah, so that's frustrating because it doesn't seem like there was any punishment or if there was, it wasn't made public. But when stuff like that happens, I think if there is punishment, it should be made public. So that way people can be like, you know what, at least it was addressed and it's not going uh, just under the radar. And again, this happened in 1997. I was born the next year in 1998. So it's it, it boggles my mind that this happened one year before I was born. Moving on from that pretty trashy and racy behavior, we move to the year 2008 and 2009. Um, it looked like this happened toward the end of 2008 and bled over into 2009. Some of the sources that I read didn't have super solid dates. So we're at the end of 2008 going into 2009 based on what I could find. And the main sources I used for this scandal was an article by Hunt in 2012 from the Daily Californian. I uh, used the Wikipedia Foundation as a base for the research, as well as a couple art other articles, but the main one was that Hunt article from the Daily Californian. This one luckily wasn't as bad as the other one, but it's still, it's just kind of interesting because it is still a scandal. Um, UC Berkeley revoked the recognition of Deke because of fire safety hazards, hazing, and then other student code of conduct violations. And they were suspended for four years. So after this four-year suspension, the fraternity decided not to reapply for recognition from the university. And I was kind of like, 
what? Why? Why would you do that? And apparently at UC Berkeley, there was a couple of fraternities that had problems with getting suspended and they chose to remain independent, which allowed them to self-govern with less rules from the school. For this specific scandal, I can see both sides of the coin. I understand, you know, wanting to have less rules to govern yourself, but at the same time, the rules are there in place to allow for protection from things like hazing, which is part of the reason why they were suspended in the first place. During the first part, I went on a pretty long rant about why I don't understand hazing, and I'm not really going to get into that again, but I can understand why you would want less rules, but I personally think that if a fraternity is operating and recruiting students from a school, it should be affiliated with the school, so that way the school has oversight over it, because hazing and other things, is it is preventable, and if you're going without oversight, that is... I would assume something that is not at the top of the priority list. So they chose not to reapply to the school, and in 2012, May 2012, the Deke House was visited by the county vice enforcement team as part of a routine campus visit, and there were several underage drinking citations that were handed out. So again, hazing is really not great, obviously, but in terms of, uh, what we just listened to in the last scandal and what we're about to get into, this one is pretty mild, but it still is a scandal for the Deke chapter at UC Berkeley. Alrighty, so this next scandal is... <laughs> it's mind-boggling, honestly, and it's quite shocking. I got my information from two articles, Greenberg and Gasso. They wrote an article in the Yale Daily News and an article from Howard, which was in Reuters. Alrighty, so this one brings us back to Yale, which... We've had quite a few there, so we are back there. This happened in October of 2010 during a pledge ritual. The phrases, and before I say these phrases, they are pretty shocking, so just a warning. The phrases, quote, no means yes, yes means anal, end quote, and quote, my name is Jack, I'm a necrophiliac, and I F-U-C-K dead women, end quote, were shouted across campus by the group of pledges. And I just spelled out F-U-C-K in the podcast, so that way it wouldn't be labeled as an explicit episode, but they did say the word and that whole phrase during the ritual. I have some thoughts, which I'm going to say in a little bit, but at the time, the Deke chapter president said the following, quote, It was a serious lapse in judgment by the fraternity and in very poor taste, end quote. He also said that Deke does not condone sexual violence, which, okay. Here we go. First, what what went through someone's mind and thought, hmm, I'm thinking about being creative today. What's a what's a chant we could do? What's a chant we could say for the pledges to make them really feel bonded with the brotherhood of the fraternity? Oh, I know. We could say no means yes and yes means anal. That sounds that sounds like a great idea. Second of all, why did anyone think that saying this in public would be a good idea? First of all, it shouldn't be said at all, but why did someone think that this would be a good idea to shout in public where most likely people were going to record, and they did. There are some videos on YouTube of these chants, and they are disturbing. Why did anyone think that saying this stuff in public would be a good idea, let alone saying it at all? Because Someone had to think, hmm, there might be some backlash to that. The lack of thought that went into this boggles my mind, 
let alone how horrible and offensive the chants are, but just the complete stupidity of all the people in that group that thought, that's a good idea. I know what I want to do to increase our brotherhood. It's I want to shout something really offensive into the streets. Like, are you kidding me? What The lack of thought is offensive. The phrases are offensive. And I, it, what, why? That, who? Why did anyone think that this would be a good idea? Why did anyone think this was acceptable? I don't understand. I don't understand. Yale, what is going on with your Deke fraternity? This is a, this is horrible. Luckily, the anger that I am feeling was not isolated. There was a lot of anger that was felt, and there was a huge backlash to this, which honestly applause to all the people who created backlash because this is unacceptable. Other fraternities on campus condemned the actions of the members of Deke, which good on you. If you didn't, I'd kind of be suspicious. The Yale Women's Center deemed the incident as hate speech, which honestly, yeah, I kind of agree. I know hate speech can be something kind of hard to define, but that speech is is concerning. There was a meeting that was held with members of the Yale Women's Center and members of the fraternity, and an apology was offered by members of Deke who were in attendance, and the meeting resulted in the two parties believing that they could produce a, quote, productive relationship, end quote, in the future. I'm really glad that they could have a productive meeting, and the one thing I was looking at when I researched this was, okay, what was their punishment? If they got away with this, I was going to be even more furious than I already was, and luckily they did receive a really, really harsh punishment. As a result of the actions of the members of Deke, the group was, quote, prohibited for five years from on-campus recruiting or other frat activities, communicating with Yale students, and using Yale's name in connection with the fraternity. Yale also asked the Deke National Organization to suspend the chapter for five years, end quote. And that is from that article that is by Howard. This story, when it broke, made national news. I remember when I was doing my research, I saw a bunch of articles, and there were a lot of people who were kind of sympathizing with the the men of Deke. And to the sympathizers, I say, you're a poo-poo head. Um, I wanted to put that as maturely as possible. They deserved the punishment they got. And that's that. I personally think they should have gotten a harsher sentence, but nevertheless, they did receive a pretty harsh sentence, and they deserved what they got, because they literally were shouting that in public. Shouldn't be shouted in the first place, but let alone they chose to shout it in public. Okay, that one was a doozy, and this next one is also a doozy, but for a different reason. This one takes place in January 2011 at the University of Alberta in Canada. Alberta? Alberta? I think it's Alberta. Oh well, I think it's the same thing. We'll say Alberta, because that sounds more correct. I haven't had a listener yet from Canada, but when someone listens from Canada, they're going to be like, that was really wrong, and I'm going to leave this guy a one-star review, and I'm going to... So, to everyone in Canada, if I butchered that, I am very sorry. But that is where it took place, and in January 2011, a video was surfaced during an investigation into the chapter which revealed some really, really shocking behavior. And I got my information about this scandal from an article by Huang in 2011 for Global News. What had happened is that a student newspaper reported that at a hazing event in January 2010, so the year before, Deke pledges were told to eat their own vomit, they were confined to a small plywood box, 
and they were forced to be in uncomfortable positions for extended periods of time. They were deprived of sleep, and also they were shouted at while all of this was going on. It was also uncovered that this apparently had been going on for years, which involved current students and past students and alumni. They were suspended for five years, and they were eligible to reapply and have that suspension lifted after three years if they could prove that their chapter had made positive changes, I guess. And a statement was put out by the chapter after the decision to be suspended, quote, We agree that hazing has no place at the University of Alberta or in fraternity life, and we, the Delta Phi chapter of Delta Kappa Epsilon, apologize to the international fraternity, the University of Alberta, the university community, and the other fraternities at the university, end quote. Okay, where to start with this? First of all, you think hazing has no place at the university? Then why did this happen for years and years on end? Why were students shoved into a box, forced to eat their own vomit, deprived of sleep, and shouted at? And you say hazing has no place, but yet you do all of these things? Hmm, it doesn't seem like your actions meet up with your words. I'm feeling a disconnect here. Like, your math equation doesn't add up stupid. If you're going to say something, like, what a BS statement. Oh, I don't think hazing has any place here. But yet for years, we shoved people in, the box and made, in boxes and made them eat their own vomit. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I think your statement is genuine. And I don't think it has anything to do with the fact that you're being punished. No, not at all. Maybe if you don't think hazing has a place at the university, you wouldn't put people in a box, make them eat their own vomit, yell at them, and deprive them of sleep. Hmm, maybe try that for a change. Alrighty, so this next one takes place in November 2014 in Britain in a colony of American students. So it happens in Britain, but it is a colony of American students, just so that's clear. During a March meeting, there was feminists listed among the agenda items for their meeting. A paintball war was proposed between the fraternity and the feminist group, and they called themselves FemSoc, or maybe it's FemSoc. It was the university's feminist society, and this paintball war was proposed to, quote, calm the waters, end quote. And I got my information for this scandal from a Time article in 2014 written by Bajakal, I believe it's how it's pronounced, B-A-J-E-K-A-L, Bajakal? That's what I'll go with, sorry if I mispronounced that, but yes, from a Time article in 2014. One member said, quote, how are we going to rape them, end quote, and another responded, quote, let's go to Montenegro for a raping trip, end quote. I just have to say, garbage. What complete and utter human garbage uttered these words, and what complete human garbage thought that that was okay? Like, you are human garbage, you are trash, and I'm glad that these minutes were leaked, because that's how people found out about this. It wasn't like one member was like, hmm, that's not appropriate, I'm gonna go tell somebody. The minutes were leaked. I couldn't find how the minutes were leaked, so maybe someone in the group purposefully leaked the minutes, which, if that's true, good on that member for doing that. And this was met with international outrage, as it should have been, because this is just awful, and this colony is no more, which A+, plus, some of these other colonies, I think, should 
just be non-existent because of the behavior, but this colony met its end, and the irony, I guess you can say, is the colony was officially chartered one week before the minutes were leaked. So one week before this chapter was like, yeah, we uphold all of the ideals of Deke and the international organization, and then boom, this happens. Ridiculous. And that brings us to our last scandal, which is originally why I decided to look into this, because I had heard of it, and my guess is probably a lot of people have heard of it, because about three years ago this was at least all over the United States' news, and most likely all over the world. And that is the case of Christine Blassie Ford accusing Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh of sexual assault back when they were in high school. You may be asking yourself, well, how does this fit in with Deke and their scandals and why is it last? It's because when Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh was at Yale, he was in the Deke chapter. And the Deke chapter did a lot of things when Brett Kavanaugh was there that were pretty awful. And the reason I have it last labeled as 2018 is because some of the things were brought out during this trial that point to pretty bad behavior from Deke, even though it did happen back a while ago. It didn't happen in 2018, but a lot of this stuff came to light in 2018, and that is why I have it as last. And before I forget, my information comes from a New Yorker article written in 2018 by Orby. So what had happened is while Brett Kavanaugh was at Yale, members of the fraternity were photographed walking around the campus with a flag made up of women's underwear. Now, it's important to note that Brett Kavanaugh was not in the photo, but he was in the fraternity at the time that the photo was taken. It was said by members of Deke at the time that the underwear that made up the flag was obtained consensually, but women on the campus of Yale said that Deke members tried to ransack their rooms while the women were in class, so it was not obtained consensually. And I think the reason why this came to light when Christine Blassie Ford brought her accusations forward was, I think it was to, it was tried to use to like show the character of Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh. I'm not saying this, you know, represents him, but I think it was brought up saying, you know, oh, look, he was in this fraternity and look what this fraternity did to women. So it's likely that he did this to me and, you know, in high school. And again, I'm not accusing Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh of anything, but I think that was the intention of bringing this forward in the hearings. And also in my mind, if you want women's underwear so badly, just go to the store and buy it. Like you may get weird looks, but whether it was obtained consensually or whether it was true that the members ransacked the rooms, like just go buy some at the store if you want some so bad. To finish off that last scandal, it is said that on campus, Deke now has a dormant presence at Yale, which, based on the scandals we've listened to and that I've told you about, I think is probably a good thing. And deep breath. That concludes the case of Delta Kappa Epsilon, a history of scandals and prestige. Once again, I do just want to say that I do not think that these scandals represent Delta Kappa Epsilon as an organization. I don't think it necessarily represents each individual chapter, but I do think that these scandals need to be told, 
and yes, they do all happen with Delta Kappa Epsilon. I am just reporting them as they were reported. I want to thank you very much for listening. I hope you found part one and part two interesting, and I hope you were a little disturbed with the scandals, because if you weren't, you might want to check on something, because there was a lot that we talked about that was pretty disturbing. (laughs) If you would like to keep up with the latest, you can follow on social media, where I will post pictures from the case, Instagram at Scandal101Podcast, Twitter at Scandal101Pod, Facebook page, Scandal101Podcast. As always, you can find the show notes at our website, scandal101podcast.podbean.com. You can also find a link tree there to all of our social media and where you can listen to this podcast. And the last thing I want to say is I have been having a lot of fun making this podcast, and I really hope you're enjoying it because it is super fun for me to research it, and I hope you are enjoying the content that I'm putting out. I just want to, again, thank you so much for listening, and this has been Episode 6 of Scandal 101.